what's going on family what is going on thank you guys for tuning in again to the author's alley i am your host mr frederick bd and thank you so much again for tuning in to us you guys could have been anywhere else but you guys are right here chilling with us and we most definitely appreciate that so this particular show is sponsored is presented by curvy royal and travel entertain travel and entertainment and also proudly sponsored by uppity negro apparel two two of my two two beautiful sisters who have two wonderful brands um, most definitely want you guys to check them out, but let me just run through a couple of announcements and then we're going to just get right to the nitty gritty with the, with the beautiful guests that I have in front of me, man. So, and I really want to jump into this because she's been busy and it's been a while since we, since we chatted. So, so first and foremost, guys, I want you guys to, I thank you so much for, for following us on our, all our social media platforms, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, whether it is Instagram, whether it is LinkedIn, um, Wherever you follow us at, I most we most definitely appreciate you for that. Most and please make sure you continue to follow us on those social media platforms. And also don't forget that this particular episode, as well as all our episodes, are, are also simultaneously live streamed on YouTube as well. So most definitely check us out on our YouTube channel as well. Also, we have a where we have a pod, we have a podcast website, guys. So if you guys are interested in going to that particular to that particular website, please, please, and I, please and thank you. Go to www podpage.com forward slash trailblazer radio check out check out our check out our, our check out that podcast web page um all our most recent episodes um will be there will be there also a little bit of information about who we are what we do and also there's also another page another part of that page where you can contact us for information if you guys if you guys most definitely want to do that um also if you are an author if you are a entrepreneur a business person um uh, leader spiritual leader or community leader Whoever you are, we want to talk to you. So please, if you want, if you if you're interested, if you're interested in that, please hit us up via email at trailblazers at trailblazers with a Z radio at gmail.com. Once again, that is trailblazers with a Z radio at gmail.com. We will most definitely we will most definitely respond to your request or your inquiry within 24 hours of that inquiry. And we will most definitely would and we will most definitely would like to chat with you. As it pertains to your business, as it pertains to your books, as it pertains to your music, as it pertains to um, your leadership in your community, as it pertains to your leadership in your your leadership in your in your religious organization. And last but most definitely not, well, not last, but also want to thank my beautiful host, Miss Quint Jones, Miss Coco Fenton, Miss Bob, Miss Barbara Melvin, aka Bobby, and most definitely want to thank those guys. And also want to thank my brother, Keep. I want to just continue to keep our keep our prayers up for my brother, Mr. Terrence Jackson, um, as he as he continues to recover. Um, big prayers to you, bro. Much, much love to you, man. I love you. I love you with the love of God. And there ain't nothing you can do about that. We're praying for your most definitely praying for your continued recovery. So I love you, bro. And keep and keep getting keep getting stronger every day. And last but most definitely not least, want to just want to thank God for. Everything, because without him, this this particular engine does not run. So, most definitely want to give give thanks to God because if it wasn't for him, this platform wouldn't be it would be available, and you wouldn't be able to see the beautiful person that I have on the screen on the screen on sharing the screen with me. Now that that is out of the way, my my friends, oh please like, share, comment on this particular video on this particular episode. Please like, please share, please comment, um, ask questions. Most definitely will do that. Make sure you're engaged. Most definitely appreciate that. Now that that is out of the way, whew, man, I swear every time I do that, I get even more long-winded each time. <laughs> but now that that's out of the way, 
this young lady, yeah, we got we got a lot of catching up to do. Um, so just to give you guys a little bit of background on how <clears throat> how we met, quite, it was quite a while back. And mm-hmm. when I say a while back, I won't say a very, very a very long time ago, but it was it was quite a while. So I met this young lady. We we went to we had we were we were both authors in a um I forgot what that where did we initially meet? Was it in Barnes and Noble or was it um through that through the conference that conference that um that young lady had? The conference that the young lady had. Okay, cool. So yeah, that's on we were both yeah, yeah. We were both vendors. Yep. And she and this and like man. She blew me away with like we 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 had a nice we had a nice conversation mm-hmm. talked about a lot of things, um, knew that you know she she she's a, a phenomenal writer phenomenal author mm-hmm. phenomenal person first of all phenomenal person and then on top of that a phenomenal writer so you know she's been she's been really really busy and I want to really catch up to see what she's been busy with so uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen I'm gonna well I'm gonna well I'm gonna reintroduce to. Those who have who seen her here on this particular on this particular platform the first time, I'm going to reintroduce you guys. So this is Christian fiction author She Nell. Hi, and happy Friday you? to you. Happy Good Friday. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. Any any plans for Easter? Um, no, we're probably going to do um, online. We've been doing mostly online church, so we'll probably do online church. Um, and just continue to praise and pray and thank God for just continuing to bring us through this year because it's, it's been a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah, a whole lot. A whole, whole lot, lot of people. Yes. And yes. Even as we progress through this year, I just it just it just looks like the more the more things change, the more things just stay the same. Yeah, it's de- it's definitely um, a faith journey and a prayer walk going on right now um i think in everybody's camp not just in my own but um just you know holistically all around but we have victory in him so that's what i'm holding on to i'm holding on to the fact that we win in the end and um yeah that's that's where my mind is i try to stay there because anywhere else you can it'll just derail you and get you off task and off the program that is true that is so very true. So for those who don't, so for those who don't know who you are, mm-hmm. won't you give, won't you give a little, won't you give um those who don't know who you are a little bit of background of who you are and and what you do? Well, I write books that make you laugh, cry, fall in love, all while following Jesus. Um, I'm a Christian fiction author. I write mostly African American Christian fiction. However, there are different races in some of the books. Um, especially this, uh, the last one that came out and then the following one after that. So that's what I do in a nutshell. I also have ventured off. You talked about being busy. I ventured off and started a, a t-shirt brand called Jesus Lit, where we bring awareness to Christian fiction and Christian authors because we're out there. So just like people, uh, they wear their um, coffee and books shirt. Now you can also wear a Jesus Lit shirt and tell the world about Christian fiction. Man, that is what it is. So, yeah. I mean, and I know we talked the first time we talked, we really kind of jumped that length about, you know, how how Christian fiction is slowly is slowly but surely gaining traction mm-hmm. with a, with a lot of readers and I and 
again, just with the advent of what you're putting out there, um, like um, also Miss Shante, Miss Shante, Miss Shante, yeah. what she's doing, man, yeah. for, she's a phenomenal person, and, um, especially with the book she has. And there's so many other people that we both know collectively mm-hmm. and individually, you know, do you feel, do you feel it still, do you feel that it's still rolling along with that, with the traction that is, that is beginning to gain, or do you feel it, do you see it kind of waning a little bit? Actually, I think it's picking up a little bit based on sales. You know, when it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. We, we got to have something to tithe. So um, with that being said, there there is a lot more um, traction going forward. A lot of people coming to the uh, coming into the genre and not only just females, you know, a long t- uh, for a while, everything was heavily female saturated. But there's right. a good group of male authors out there too that are also coming in to um, coming into Christian fiction and doing very well. So, and as a matter of fact, in June, I'm going to on my blog, um, we're going to honor Christian fiction male authors, and I'll be spotlighting some of the male authors in June. May is all about the ladies, but uh, June will be all about the guys. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Now. Even with the even with the gain of traction and how and Christian fiction um literature, do you do you still, do you still feel like it's still somewhat harder to get in the doors of certain places? Um, I you know I try to go where the readers are. So I've gone to events that have been you know everybody's been there. So you have self help, you have Christian fiction, you also have street lit, you had erotica and children's lit all in one place. Um, and your readers find you. So it's not about you know whether or not it's going to take traction as far as am I going to get all the books out there. It's more so the people that want you, your customer avatar, as they say, that person will find you. And more and more people are turning towards. Christian fiction, not necessarily as a, the only thing they read, but as one of the things that they read along with everything else. Yeah, because I mean, I noticed I saw one of your Facebook posts a couple of weeks ago that you you were here, you were right here in my in my hometown, and I and I missed that. Oh yes, yes, I was in Atlanta. I absolutely love Atlanta. Um, I'm trying to figure out a way to move. <laughs> <laughs> we got some moving parts. But Atlanta, I'm coming. I'm trying to get there. So tell us a little, tell us a little bit about the uh, about the event that you went to. So I went to the Vision Book Expo. It was wonderful. Um, in Atlanta, I believe it was the Concourse Airport Hotel is where the event was. Um, I got to meet Ian Joy. I got to finally face-to-face meet Teresa, um, who I've done some work with in the past as far as her, uh, promotion in her magazine is concerned. So that was awesome. Uh, and like I said, there were people from all over the um, primarily African-American literature diaspora. So you had your street fiction, you had your, um, you know, more romantic fiction. I was there with Christian fiction, you had business um, and of course, a lot of children's books, too. So it was just great. It was great. And I absolutely love the city. Like we we walked around, we did the Martin Luther King um the, the Center for Justice thing, we did that. I saw the original Ebenezer Baptist Church. Um, and I, I, you know, went to Spelman, went to Morehouse. Like, it was great. I just absolutely loved being in the city. We stayed in a cute little bungalow. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we're, and we're actually, we're planning to go back um, in June. We're going back just for fun. 
just to walk around and, you know, and they have so many vegan restaurants too. Oh yeah. You'll, you'll find, you'll find, you'll find, you'll find it here. Yeah. I was so happy because, you know, here in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, you eat vegan. No one eats vegan food that looks like me. Put it that way. Um, so it was, <laughs> it was great to see people that look like me also eating vegan food. Man, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad you went, y'all. I'm glad y'all had fun being have fun being out here. But I'm also, yeah. I'm also, you know, happy for you for you able to for you being able to connect with more read with more people and more yeah. readers. It's yeah. it always it always does my heart good when you know a fellow author of mine is able to you know connect connect with new readers and connect with new people. Um, yeah, because it's 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 difficult out here for for an author, man. You yeah. know, especially. Yes. <laughs> Especially one that writes in the genre that you write in, and, and you know the genre that I write in. I mean, well, I don't consider I'm a, I don't consider what I write a genre. I just write, you know. But mm-hmm. when you write about things that are more that hit more closer to home, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. such as the, such as the things that such as the subjects that you touch on in your books, um, it's sometimes it's a little hard to gain a little gain traction with those type of people because a lot of people want to want to roll over to. The street lit, the urban lit, the erotica, the children's books, mm-hmm. because for some people that those are more easily accessible, but at the same time, Christian fiction is just as easily accessible as everything else. It's yeah. just you just have to open up the book and take a read, take a look at it. You know, it, mm-hmm. it goes mm-hmm. beyond the synopsis. Yes, definitely goes beyond the synopsis. Um, and there are different facets of I think we talked about the last time. There are different facets of Christian fiction. You have um some Christian fiction that is really on that borderline like it reads like street lit almost um but it is in fact christian based and then you have um other elements of christian fiction that are more traditional i'll say or more what you would think of when you think of christian fiction so there is um some growth within our our i call it the diaspora because and when i went to um when I went to college and I took my first African studies course, we learned about Africa and the diaspora. So the diaspora of Christian fiction is growing. Oh yeah, it is. And it's, I think a lot of people are beginning to kind of see that these were, you know, you guys, these writers and I'm, you know, these writers are, are just as talented as the street lit mm-hmm. guys or just as talented as yeah. the urban lit guys, just as talent, talented as a poet or anything else. I mean, it's for me, I'm all, I'm all, I'm, when I read, I, I read beyond the synopsis, you know, the mm-hmm. synopsis is just kind of like that, that little teaser for me, that teaser for me. I'm, so I'm getting to see what this book is about. Once I open that book and start reading it and, you know, I'm pulled into that universe or that mm-hmm. world, you know, then, then it's like, wow, this is, yeah. this is great. This is cool. This is lovely. Yeah. You know, you want to know what happens next, even though I know, and, and I've even, the last time we talked, you know, I've heard people say that certain that's Christian fiction is kind of well, I won't say kind of. They'll say they'll say it is quote unquote boring because it lacks pace no. or it lacks substance or it lacks style. What would what would be your response to that? Absolutely not. Um I think that it's easy to put that label on it because when we think of Christian fiction, I guess we think of church like you know, sitting under the word and the pastor's preaching. Um, And if you grew up Baptist, then you're thinking of, you know, hot, hard pews, fans are going, that type of thing. 
Um, but no, there are a lot of fast-paced uh, Christian fiction books. There's Christian fiction, thriller, suspense, romance. There are, um, like I said, books that lean towards the street lit lens. Um, and then there, there's Christian. I'm reading a Christian mystery right now, actually, and it's pacing very well. So I would say you have to give it a try. You have to, you know, give it a chance, like you said, beyond the synopsis. And kind oh, of yeah. going the pages. And Amazon has a wonderful feature. Um, the look inside feature, you can almost read up to, I think, like my last time I checked it um, on one of my books, it was almost like three chapters that you could read before you even purchase the book. Preview before you touch it. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, you just have to find that um, that author that speaks to you. And from there, you know, do like anything else, you just grow and keep going. Exactly, exactly. You know, and the one thing that I like about, you know, what we do is that we're able to, with our words and what our pen, we're able to connect people to the places and things, yeah. ideas, thought processes, and also get them to kind of change, you know, look at things from a different perspective and maybe make a change. Um, mm -hmm. in their life you know for i know for me that's for me that's the i won't that's the end goal for me you know yeah. to, to change somebody's life you know one word one paragraph one sentence at a time you know mm -hmm. most people look at it well i'm just in it for the pay and i know the last time we talked you know it was our, our thought processes were still well were still were pretty much aligned mm -hmm. you know in the we in the days and weeks that have passed since we last talked is your thought process thought process still the same in the same in the same vein Definitely um, in the same vein, as far as the motive for doing it. The motive for doing it is always to be light and salt. That's why I named the publishing company Light and Salt, to be light and salt into the earth. So that would mean to, you know, give someone some hope, give them some, you know, something that helps them persevere through whatever it is they go to go through. Um, definitely turning the light back on the savior. Uh, those motives haven't changed. Now, financially, it's a business, you know? There's a whole other side of authorship that's called business. Um, of course. But I, I have a wonderful Christian mentor, and she put the money in perspective by saying, you know, our, our income is the hands and feet of Christ. Our income is to, you know, help our help the widows, help the poor, help those that are in need. So the more I earn, the more I can give outside of, right. you know, what I need to do to pay bills. So when I look at it financially in that lens, it, it it's more palatable. It's like, I'm not trying to get rich for me. I actually do want to be able to tithe, you know, a good portion. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for it. I want a $200 tithe check. I want to tithe just a straight $200 a week for four weeks. So, there you, that's, go. Um, you know, so that that's where the income side of everything comes from. But the motive definitely hasn't changed. Definitely still wanting to uplift and, and help people. Wow. You got a publishing company now, huh? Light and Salt. Where, so where, where did that come about? So um, my former publisher, I was with Anointed Inspiration. She wanted to just do some different things. She actually has done 
a phenomenal job with a couple of movies. And she's right there in Atlanta where you are. Shout out to Janora. Um, so when she went in that direction, she was gracious enough to provide me with guidance and all of my publishing rights back. So I published um, Walking Crooked with Christ just to kind of see you know, if this is something I could do and I did it and, and I enjoyed the process. And then I started Light and Salt, um, pub, Light and Salt Press LLC, where I sold it right now. I'm just publishing myself and, you know, uh, other facets fall underneath that same umbrella of Light and Salt. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it, it's been a blessing. It's been a, it's been a journey because again, <laughs> There's the writing side of things, and then there's the business side of things. But to God be the glory, he's kind of, he's put me in the right places and in front of the right people. Wow. Publish it, huh? That's, yeah. now how, now how, how daunting is that? Um, as an independent author, it, it's work. You have to balance it. Like you want to be creative and you want to just sit there and write and you want to read things but you have to set up promotions. You have to, I just got out of a marketing meeting. I have meetings with myself. Don't mind me. Um, I just uh. got out of a marketing meeting um, where I was pacing out things for May and some big launches going on in May. So it, it's, it's a process, but I like both sides of it. So, so which, so which one again, which one brings the most challenge, the, the creative side of being a writer or the business side of being a publisher? The business side of being a publisher. The creative <laughs> side is beautiful. Like I just, I don't sleep. So 10 o'clock I start writing sprints and I'm just pouring things onto the page and characters are speaking and it's beautiful. Um, prior to that from, I would say um, daytime, anytime the sun is up, I am usually working more towards the business side of things. So that's social media, um any type of product that we're putting out any type of course that i need to take because continuing education is important you can't just be out here in these literary streets without education so you gotta find somebody some program to make sure that you're in the right space man and the one thing that you mentioned you continuing education you know as a publisher and as an author you know, and this this is kind of speaking to those those upstart upstart authors or upstart people who upstarts who want to start their own publishing company. How important is that continuing education in the maturation and the growth process from from the from from being a new author to being an established author, but also starting from a new publisher to, be, to being established publisher. Um. It's, it's pivotal. I would say it should be, even when you're just an author and you're not, I don't care if you're signed with somebody or if you're an independent author or you're with Random House or the Big Five, you still need that education because you need to know what should be done. You need to know what's not being done. You need to know what you're responsible for. Um, you need to know how the money works because we're talking percentages and royalties and things like that. So even if you're just, you know, I'm, I want to be an author, I want to write a book, there is a business component that needs to be, um, needs to get the same amount of passion that you want to put into the page. You need to also put that into the business. 
And then the same goes as you grow. And if you start publishing, you know, your own, your own works, you, you need to read the Amazon, um, the guideline thing, like there are rules. <laughs> oh yeah. Rules <laughs> and regulations. Yeah. There are a lot of rules and regulations. Don't hit print before you read the fine print. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's a, that's important because you have to be able to understand what you're what you're getting into, mm-hmm. in order if, in order to press forward or succeed. Because yeah. if you don't know what you're getting into, if you don't know what you're engaging in, then you then you're pretty much gonna be sink. You're gonna be on a sinking ship, and you ain't gonna be able to find a way out of it. And that's mm-hmm. not. And I don't want anybody, whether it's a new author, whether it's an established author, whether it's a new publisher, or an established publisher, to fall in that trap because. The one thing that you mentioned, and I will, and I, and I will repeat it. You know, continuing education is a pivotal part in the evolution of you being of, of an author and a publisher. Because the more you evolve, the more you educate yourself, the better you become. The more you put knowledge behind what you're doing, the bet you know, the more knowledgeable you become as an mm-hmm. author, as a publisher, and you're able to disseminate that information to other to other upstarts and other. Other people mm-hmm. that are looking to try to jump into this, you know, head first. You can tell them, hey, look, don't do that. You, you yeah. want to jump into this water feet. You want to jump into this pool feet first. Yeah. And it always changes. There are always um, changes and things that occur. You know, it's, it, yeah. it's like any other business, any other facet of life. So you got to kind of keep up with those current events as well. Um, oh, yes. And trends oh, and yeah. things and all of it. But it's fun. I like it. <laughs> It, oh yeah, I mean, because you know, because the fun part is now you get the now you now you have you know where you didn't have total creative control. Now you have complete creative control. Yes, which is good and bad. There is a I, I um early on I followed a couple of YouTubers and read some blogs and they were talking about this decision fatigue. And I'm like, decision fatigue. I would absolutely love to have complete control over every absolute, you know, absolutely every facet of my author career. What do you mean decision fatigue? And that is real. <laughs> there is something called decision fatigue because there are so many decisions to make. Um, and you're like, oh, wow. goodness, if someone else asked me one more thing. Um, so, yeah. Man, well, a lot of people don't realize is that the business of being an author, there are there are gears and cogs that they're in that, but also the business mm-hmm. of being a publisher, there are also gears and cogs in that, and the the business of being a publisher has way more gears and cogs than the business of being an author. Yes, it's just maybe one or two gears as being an author because the only thing you're responsible for is sitting in front of a laptop or or in front of a notebook and just creating con creating the book or creating your content. Mm-hmm. It's different when you're the publisher. You're the publisher too. Now you gotta, you gotta marketing market content, <laughs> social media, you know, yes. you gotta meeting market. with people, various people. Yes, definitely, all of those things, all of those things. Um, but like I said, I like it though. I really do. I wouldn't do anything else. So what? So what do you do to keep yourself from being burned out? Because you know, we, because I know I've had those moments to where I've. You know, flame. I flamed out for flamed out for mm-hmm. a period of time, just not because of the boredom or anything like that. It's just because of 
certain life situations and things of mm-hmm. that nature and it kind of puts you in a mode of not really want to be creative so you kind of flame out for a little bit mm-hmm. what what's your secret to not to not flaming out um i've learned to be realistic with my time and my decisions uh, you know at the beginning of every year you, i go i sit down and i want to plot out these books and i'm like okay i'm gonna write all of these books but when you look at the time you actually have, that's not the case. Like there's not enough time to do that in my life. Some people do have that luxury where, you know, they're full time and they can sit down and churn out a book a month. That's not my story right now. So number one would be just being realistic with uh, the time that I'm given. And then definitely extending myself some grace because I'm, a, I'm the type of person I want to do all the things, you know? But I can't physically do all the things. And when my body says, okay, you know, you need to take a nap, I have to listen to it and I have to extend myself some grace. And then recently, um, I've gotten back into the things that I like to do. I I used, before I started writing um, and publishing, I I was a reader first. You know, I had a blog and I, I was a reader. So I've gotten back into making sure that I'm reading um, professional books, but also, you know, some good fiction as well. And those three things would be definitely what has helped me come back from fizzling out and it's kind of kept me afloat. So I'm not fizzling out again. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you, you, you indulge, indulge in the self-care routine, the self-care routines. Yes, definitely. You got to listen to your body because if you think about it, when you're when you're being creative, you're pouring out that creative well, right? You're pouring out, you're pouring out, you're pouring out. But if you don't have any experiences to draw from because you're always sitting behind your computer, you know what I'm saying? Like you have to have, for me anyway, experiences to draw from. So you've got to kind of go out places and, and see things and do things that you enjoy and explore. Um or things will kind of, for me, things will get kind of stagnant because I, I don't have anything to draw from. Man, that's important to be able to have that consistent pool to draw from because mm-hmm. when we, and you and you, and you more likely would agree with it, when we write, we write from our own personal experiences, number mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And then everything, then everything else kind of builds, everything else builds around it. Yes. So if there's no there's nothing to experience, then there's nothing to write. Nothing there's to write. nothing to build. There's no world to build. There's nothing to build off of that. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, you know, and you said you your your characters talk to you. Yes. <laughs> you're, they do. You're, you're, man, you're like you're you're like the maybe the third or fourth person that's that I've talked to that says that like your characters talk to you. How do they talk? They talk to you in plain English or you know what? How do they talk to you? Yeah. They they um. Especially when I'm writing a, in first person, I'm in a series or a serial right now where all of the stories are in first person. And um, traditionally, it's been the female lead character that has been telling the story. And in this next book that I'm working on, Resting on the Word, the husband of the main female main character was like, well, I got stuff to say too. And so I started plotting out, you know, some of his experiences as well. So this next book will have, it'll oscillate back and forth. It'll be um, the female lead character and then the fe- then the male character will be speaking as well. So I have two voices going back and forth now. As oh, to 
Oh, <laughs> oh, fight, oh, fight for your time. Yeah, yeah, back and forth, but it's it's fine. It's totally fine. I like to listen to their stories. So, oh man, I mean, I bet those stories and all those stories transfer to the page, to the pen, to the page, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is love, which is lovely, and it gives every that gives the reader the most vivid, most visceral experience ever. Yeah, that, that's the goal. I, I would like it to kind of read like a movie or like a TV, you know, a TV script. So when you're reading it, I would like the reader to be able to feel the emotions of the characters, but also to um, be immersed in the world that the characters are in. So You're muted. You're muted. There you go. I'm, I'm <laughs> muted. There so I got to ask you this: which is more, which which person, which which is more difficult to write, first person or third person? First person, because when you're writing, well, first of all, I love to write third person. My first three books were in third person. It was wonderful <laughs> because you're you are. It's like you're hovering over the the scene and you can see everything, right? And so right. You, you can just super describe everything. When you're in first person, you have to remember that you're only able to see what the person, the main character, sees. So you're limited so, to to that yeah, one eighty degree, that one yeah. degree view. Yep, yep, it's limited. So you, and you can't do. There are certain um, craft things that you don't want to do when it's you know, and when you want to describe how the character looks, like you don't want them to stand in front of a mirror and describe themselves. Like that's kind of boring. So you have just you have to kind of go around things to get to those descriptions. Whereas if I'm just in third person, I can tell you, you know. He was tall, dark, and handsome. But I can't say that if, you know, I'm writing him and it's his story. He, No one goes around, I am tall, dark, and handsome. So oh. so I, um, that would definitely be the more difficult. But it's the more personable, too, because when you go back and read the book, like you're with that character. Um, I just finished book three in the Living, uh, the Living a Blessed Lie series. I have one more book to go. And in that series, um, the main character is telling the story, but she's actually telling the story about other people. So it was a stretch. It was definitely a learning curve to get, you know, all of the things that needed to be on the page to make it a great short story. Right. And then the the other thing is you have to have all those elements come together, Mm -hmm. especially when you're writing in a the first person because again your your viewpoint is only limited to what's in front of you and yes. maybe what you can maybe what's able what you're able to see from your left and to your right mm-hmm. you know if you want to see them something behind you have to completely turn around mm-hmm. and you can't and, head hop either that that's um that was difficult to learn because if my main character is speaking to the girl at the store who's ringing up her groceries and that girl has an attitude I can't head hop and start talking about, you know, oh, she had a rough day. How does the person, you know, how does the main character know she had a rough day? They weren't together. So it's it it, it it's a skill. Like it, it took some time. Like I really did have to do some research before I just sat yeah. down and said, this is what I'm going to do. Exactly, exactly. And I know with me, if I'm going to write, I mean, my, everything that I've written is usually a bit in the third person, honestly speaking, just because, for me to and I'm like you, that's a little that's much more immersive because you have mm-hmm. 
you have the bird's eye view and you can see everything. Yeah. But then, you know, when you look at it, you know, and and I look at it and, and this is a funny analogy that I look at it. I look at it in the form of how certain video games are developed or are made. Something mm-hmm. you have your first person games to where your viewpoint is only to the character and you're only limited to left, right, mm-hmm. you know, in front and maybe behind, but then you have third person, which is you know, the camera's further away, but you're able to see a lot more things and everything's yes. in a in a, in a better view. Mm-hmm. You know, each each one, each one has its own benefits and it has its own, you know, yes. takeaway from it. Yeah, and, and some people, and I know some people use a combination of the two. And I'm like, wait a minute, how did you do that and it made sense i i haven't mastered that yet i have heard of people being able to blend the two um but i haven't been able to uh, master that skill because uh, yeah it's it i i'm just not that good yet i need some more continuing education <laughs> same here same here i'm like yeah if i do that it won't even sound right yeah i'm just I, i'm not that good yet so, Me neither. I, I will admit that. I'll, I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep trying though. We'll see. Oh, Maybe most definitely going, most definitely going to keep trying because that's the that's the goal. You know, you the continuation, continuing education is to strive for you to strive to be better. That helps mm-hmm. you get helps you get that get better. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't realize that you know writing is a continuous educational thing because. If you're writing, if you're writing in a certain genre, you don't want to. You want to make sure that what you're doing is interesting and is immersive and it pulls people mm-hmm. in. They don't want to mm-hmm. plan because people look at that and be like, "I ain't reading. <coughs> I ain't reading that." And then that so, um, certain genres have rules too. You know, there there are frameworks for the genre. Um, that was yeah, my my. I wrote um, her pleasures, his principles, and it's a romance. And so I broke one of the cardinal rules of romance because I I wasn't aware that it was so, I didn't want it to be something where you picked up the book and you knew exactly what was going to happen. So I tried to spice it up a little bit and I really Uh. ticked some readers off. I had some, I had a couple of emails and a couple of reviews where they were kind of upset because in a romance, the guy gets the girl or the girl gets the guy. And in, the, ah. in this particular story, she does get a guy, but it's not the one that you think it is. So I broke one of those romance romance rules. So it, that's why I say it's important to continue to learn because there are there's framework. You know, you can kind of color outside of the lines at times, but there's framework. And readers have expectations. They, you know, if I pick up a romance, they want a happy ever after. They don't want a twist. <laughs> I mean, the twist makes it interesting. I mean, I don't, me personally, I don't see, anything, I don't see anything wrong with coloring outside of the lines. Definitely, no, you have, yeah, no, I'm not saying that it's wrong. You definitely want to have your, um, you know, your creative freedom. But if it's a traditional like boy meets girl, they're friends and they get together. The twist is not whether or not they get together. The twist might be that, you know, the cousin killed the best friend or the bridesmaids or few. You know what I'm saying? There are twists there. Right. There was an affair, like um, the best man. You know, the yep. twist was you knew that Lance was going to marry old girl. The twist yep. was that she had slept with Tay Diggs, you know, before 
when they were in college. So you can still put a twist in there. The twist makes it interesting. Gotta have a exactly, twist. exactly. And I mean, and I know that you know some certain things fall within a traditional framework, and and I'm all for the I'm all for framework, and I'm all for things that keep things congruent and consistent. Mm-hmm. But you know, when I look at that part of it, sometimes consistency can get a little bit boring. It, yeah, consistency not done well. <laughs> yes, it can be. It can be a little slow. It can be. It can definitely be slow. So you have to that, and that's again back to the uh, education side of it. That's where you have to really learn how to make sure that it's not slow or make sure that it's not boring because pacing can really hurt a, a novel. You know, oh, if yes. the pacing is really slow, it readers are going to be like, oh my gosh, you know. I Get to the good part. Yeah. When is this part going to be over? So. Yeah. Yeah. I think. So who do you. So when I. When I think of pacing. And I think. When I think of like. <clears throat> when I think of like. Pacing. I, I, I usually think of like a. You know. A Tom Clancy novel. Or a Stephen King mm-hmm. novel. Mm-hmm. Some. Those. Those. A lot. The lot. The lot of those books that I read. Were excellently paced. Because it just. Leads you toward where it leads you toward to where you think where you were either an expected outcome or an unexpected outcome, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? And when I, when I think of pacing, I think of those guys, but what I also think of pacing, I also think of like certain graphic novels yes, um, from like Frank Miller and, you know, and Alan Moore and those guys. I mean, as you can tell, I'm a big comic book fan. So it's fine. When I think of pacing, I think of those mm-hmm. because sometimes in, in I guess maybe with me, I, I want something that goes at a at a at a moderate pace, mm-hmm, definitely, and then then a slower than a quicker or a slower pace. Now, if it's a romance, which I'm actually reading a romance and it's at a slower pace, I'm okay with that because usually that's how a rom- that's usually the framework of how a romance novel goes at a much slower pace. It kind of quickens a little bit towards the end, but it doesn't quicken like like it doesn't quicken like in a snap. Yeah. And then with with a lot of romance, you you want to see what happened. You know, you want to you get to know the characters, and you want to be there with them through their experiences and their adversities, and kind of see how it all ends in the end. Um, for me, I, I'm a big movie person. You mentioned comic books. I we got the Marvel Channel, so I I'm a, I'm a very big 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 movie person, and. A lot of the, I, I look at the movie twofold. Of course, you know, the entertainment value of it. But of a movie is a a version of a book. It's a screenplay. So right. a lot of the writing and how, how things develop in the actual pace of the film is important as well. And I find that it's similar to when you're writing. Exactly, exactly. Now, you mentioned Marvel movies. I mean, I'm, I'm a big Marvel fan it's just as well as a DC fan. But for me, I guess for me, when I'm looking at those movies, my first question is going to be, does it stick to the established canon? Okay. I'm I trying mean, to figure out what order it came in. <laughs> well, so, you know, because all of Marvel, they, they release them differently. So you've got to kind of figure out I, I'm I'm in the putting it together. Like we just, so, I just watched Thor. I don't know which one it was. It was the one where he lost his eye. And so I was like, oh, okay, that's why he had, didn't have an eye two movies ago when I watched. Oh, Thor Ragnarok. Yes. 
So yeah. we so we did so I'll I'll give you I'll give a great I'll give a good example. Um the the Iron Man series. It starts mm-hmm. off from the beginning and stuff like that. So it if you read the comic book, you know, he he built this suit of armor to, you know, to, to keep his heart functioning and things of that nature and everything of that nature, everything like that. And then he goes to, you know, create his create this big thing and creates his own armor becomes a crime fighter and things of that nature. So for me, that's established canon. If it okay. follows that, mm-hmm. if it follows like, you know, what's established already in the comic books. Now with movies, we both noticed there are, there are certain freedoms that you can kind of jump away from yes. certain yes. aspects of the canon or mm-hmm. at least play with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm cool with a little, I'm, and for me, I'm cool with the play with a little, with a little bit of the play part because you know, if you add your own flavor to it, then it kind of gives it a little bit. It kind of jumps away from the canon, but it also doesn't stray far away from it. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. the Marvel Marvel is pretty. Marvel universe is pretty is is fairly good at keeping uh, keeping in that. Now, DC, I, well, I'm still trying to figure that out. Yeah, me too. Not but... to say this is a mess or anything like that. It's just where where's the establishment of the you know your your core characters here. You know, mm-hmm. is, yeah. is there something established as far as canon with them? Is there something established as far as like, you know, originations and stuff like that? You know, for me, that's it, yeah. Go ahead. I, I I think that it um because you mentioned the difference in in the book. You know, when you're developing a com- when you're developing a book or a comic, it's that author and the page. You know. Yep. And it's an assumption, but I I could imagine that when you're doing the movie. It's the director, it's the producer, it's the actor, you know, it's all of these people who have a, who see it from a different lens or a different angle. And, you know, they make wonderful movies, but I'm sure that there are liberties because when it first came out in comic book form, it was the one writer and the page. Yep. And and, And for me, that's one of the better parts of writing, just... The fact that, you know, it's just me and the page, you know, that it's just a beautiful thing to listen to them talk and just, you know, just be with the page. I love that. Be with the page. Yeah. Be with the page. Yeah. And I I love that you say that your characters talk to you and they, you know, they cover, they converse with you and Mm -hmm. all these ideas come around and I'm like, okay, I hear you. I hear you. Give me a second. Let me, let me, let me write all this down. And I love the fact that you say your characters talk to you. I think that is, that's important that you're able to do that, you know. And it's important that, you know, as a writer that you create well-rounded characters. I mean, now, yes. how now, how easy or how difficult is that for you to create well-rounded characters? Um, I, I would hope that as I've gotten, as I've done more books and, you know, kind of gotten deeper into the pond, that I've gotten better. Um that's always, you know, my prayer. The readers would have to tell me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> for me, I think that the process is a little different now um, than when I first started. You know, when I first started, the first couple of books, they were very um, personal in some of, in a lot of the core things that went on. They were very personal and from my own lens. And then as I... Um, 
you know, just got more experiences and, and, and the character started kind of taking over a little bit more, then the characters had their own personalities in their own worlds. And it was less of me and kind of more of them with the last couple of books, especially this last, the last series that I'm in, um, Living a Blessed Lie. Like that's not, that's those group of friends. That's wow. not a, like you know, that. that's not a, a, an adaptation of me and my sorority sisters. No, that's like a separate group of friends and the things <laughs> that they go through. <laughs> wow. And I, and I like that you said that because it is, I know for me, it is, I won't say it difficult, but it's not necessarily easy yeah. to create well-rounded and relatable characters. I mean, it's easy to create re relatable characters, but well-rounded and adaptable type characters. That's that's still my challenge because even with the first two books that I read, that I wrote, they were, the characters were relatable because of the, because of the shared experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they weren't as well-rounded as I would would have wanted them or would have liked for them to be, because again, you talk about you were talking about things from each a different from a, from four different perspectives, mm -hmm. and we're talking about a subject that is approached from four different perspectives. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. domestic violence for a woman is a different perspective than it is for a man, than it is for a child, than yes. it is than it is for anybody else. So you, mm -hmm. I, I had to look at that and kind of put it to I had to put it to thought put it to thought but I also had to put myself to task mm -hmm. because my question was always how can I make these guys well-rounded as well as relatable and also have them speed you also have them kind of stand out mm -hmm. uh, from one from the other and that was and for me that was my challenge yes it, it's 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 a process for me um with the Living the Blessed Lies series, it was there. So Living the Blessed Lies is a series of short stories. Um, and I wanted them to be short stories. I did not want a, um, you know, a full length novel about what was going on in these people's lives. It was more like a um, something I did after a longer book. You know, I just wanted gotcha. to tell a story. So by it being short stories, um, the struggle was to give the reader the experience of the character and enough information, but also keep it under 10,000 words. Um, Ooh, that's a challenge. Yeah, it was. It, it definitely is a challenge. I have one more book to go in the series, book four. Book three just came out and book four is the last one. Ooh, under 10,000 words. Ooh, that yeah. is a challenge and a half. I mean, yeah. and you... And I guess you don't want to get, you don't want to either, you don't want to be less descriptive or too descriptive. Mm -hmm. So you kind of find that middle ground to play in, to play in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then in that one also, that's one of the ones where um, the story is told from the main character's perspective. Her name is Tiffany. And the first three books, she was telling someone else's story. Like she would, we were finding out the person's lie for lack of a better word. Um, as the book developed so in the fourth book we'll deal with her mess because she got problems too she walking around talking like <laughs> <that stuff. laughs> she got, she got, problems a, she got a whole set of problems yeah she got a whole set of problems so we'll be oh, um, working on that after a couple of projects that's what's up that's what's up and 
I know for me, emotion plays a huge impact mm-hmm. on what I write and the the messages or the things that I want to convey, mm-hmm. especially when I'm using conversation to push forth a point, push forth a point, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to the characters that I have, the characters that I've written that I've created. You know, I always want to use the con- their conversation to push forth the emotional responses and not use mm-hmm. any descriptive words to convey that. You know, I want mm-hmm. the want what they talk about to bring about that emotion. How how important is it for you to bring emotion into not the, in the care and to bring emotion into the characters that you write, but also have those characters project that emotion to the reader so that they're so that a reader will be able to kind of relate or feel the same thing that they're feeling, whether it was anger or sadness or, or anything. Um, I, I, you, you mentioned, um, you mentioned how you want the character to the dialogue. So you want it to push through the dialogue. I think that's very important. It, it's a, it's a dance. It, it's a really a, um, sometimes it's a tango. Sometimes it's a waltz. It, it's really a dance because <laughs> It's a balance of the emotion in the dialogue and then also the tag that goes along with the dialogue, you know? Right. There's a difference between um, shut the door, she said, and shut the door, she groaned. Like, oh, whoa, exactly. she's groaning. What, what, what's going on? Why is she groaning? What's going you on know? with her? Um, yeah, what's going on? So that it's definitely a balance. It's a dance. It, and and that kind of goes to pacing too, um, because if it's fast paced, then there are certain there are certain a certain set of dialogue tags that you might want to use. And if it's a slower pace and it's you know something steamy, there are a couple of other dialogue tags. And you have to balance it though. Everything can't be a dialogue tag. It can't all be immersive. Right. It has to be a balance. So that's why I say it's a dance. It's definitely a dance. I know what you you said sometimes it's a, it's a waltz and sometimes it's it's something else. But then sometimes when it comes with me, it becomes a break dance. I'm like, yeah, it is something pop that's blocking. totally unintended. Yes, <laughs> we we be pop blocking. Yeah, like, I don't me... know. I know when I wrote my second book and the, I guess <laughs> the dialogue between you know the you know the daughter and the father and. and I wanted to I wanted to go one way because I wanted to kind of be like a you know a salsa or you mm-hmm. know or a little or a little a more a much more slower paced salsa because the because the conversation was between mother between daughter and father mm-hmm. it ended up being a break dance yeah I get it yeah definitely and and that's where um when we were talking about the character speaking so you know I I plot a book out with some kind of key highlight points you know but the characters definitely have the abilities, like you said, to change it. You were writing, you know, a nice little salsa and they were like, no. We want a break the, dance. Yeah, we want a break dance. Where's the boom box? Put the cardboard <laughs> on the ground. Where's the cardboard? <laughs> Where's the cardboard? You know, you got it. your shell to Adidas on? Come on, let's go. Yes. Absolutely love and those I, Adidas too. I me too, and I'm like, those were my favorite. I was like, where? And I was like, when I read it, I did like that went somewhere where I totally did not intend it to go. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, after I read it, you know, like, well, that works. 
Yeah. Because that was just kind of intensive. Because it because in my eyes, it would it intensified the the frustration and the level mm-hmm. of anger that she was feeling towards her father. I'm like, because I wanted to be more of a calm conversation where you know mm-hmm. there may be some maybe some heated words, but they're not they're not said in in a in a in an aggressive manner. But all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like, well, geez, that turned out to be a break dance. Okay, yeah. boombox and then everything. And then when I read, it, I'm like, okay, I like this. Mm-hmm. Let me take off my big gold chain. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, okay, I like that. I like that. I like yeah. that. And it's important. You like you said, it's important to pace. It's important to, you know, put your dialogue tags there. But it's also important for the. And you mentioned it. It's also important for the reader to kind of catch the hint. Yes. Yes. Because you, someone can say something like, like you mentioned the example. You know, like, and because I know for me, if someone said she grown, I'm like, oh, oh hell, some, some, either okay. something's wrong or something's about to go down. Yeah, what, what's going on? Why is she groaning? She feel okay? What's going on? Um, exactly. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, buck, I'm buckling myself up because you know something's, something's, something's happening after that. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, Definitely. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna be call myself old school because I am. So, I still, I, I still, I still outline, and I still write in a notebook. Do you really? Yes, I do. Oh, that, I have notebooks. Like I do. Here's one because I'm all. I always have them with me. So I have little notebooks, but it's where I like outline and plot and write ideas down and write scene things down, and I type. But when I first started writing many, many eons ago, I was definitely a pen and paper person. Um, but I've I've gotten it so accustomed to typing that it kind of hurts when I write for long periods of time. Now, I, don't, now, I, don't, yeah, I don't write for long periods of time. I mean, it's, it's for me, it's in spurts. Yeah. So maybe like a 20 to 30 minute spurt. Okay. And then I'm done with it. Now, the outline thing, I can I pretty much can spend all day with that because that's that's where I can just kind of plot things out. And just like you said, just because you plot it out doesn't mean it goes the way you, this would mean it goes the way you plot it out. Yes, definitely. Lots of sticky notes. Yep. And I, I know for me that is, I'm looking at what I typed and I'm looking at what I wrote like in the notebook. Like, mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah. Lots of sticky notes. Lots of sticky notes. I have one book where I, um, I plotted it, oh, so well. You know, I had all my lines and I got highlighters and it was really pretty. And then as I started writing and the characters started shifting things, I had my sticky notes, my little sticky notes, because my little sticky notes and I'm sticking it over places and rewriting what's going to happen because, it, you know, it does change as, yep. as the time goes it on. Does. But I find and that's the fun part about it, though, too. So, oh, yeah. you know. And it's funny how it trans. It's funny how you write it down on, in a notebook, and then you trans, and then it translates to the on a screen completely different than what you wrote it. I'm like, mm-hmm. that that wasn't what I thought about, but it sounds much better now. Yeah, yeah. It's like a um a draft and a half. One in your notebook, that's kind of like the first draft, so not a full draft. Those are like point five, and then when you get oh, to 
your computer screen, you know, you're, you're able to see it from a different lens and then that becomes a separate draft. And then right. of course it goes through all of its paces. And at the end of the day, you, you pray for a book. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like God, this book, please let this be a book. Please let, let this be a book. Yeah. Have have you have have you ever had to have you ever had to just like so this was my experience when I was um writing my second my second book. I had to so <clears throat> I'm like I'm, and I'm and I'm at a good pace and I'm just doing I'm going I'm and I'm flowing and I'm going. Thirty pages in, I decided to delete the whole thing and start over. Have you ever? Start over. Have you ever can't got? Have you ever done that? Um. Yes, I have. Not necessarily deleted, but just pulled up a whole new draft. Like, mm, I'm not feeling that. Like, I I like elements of it, but that's not the story. And then I just pull up a whole new document and start over. I also have, you know, if Michael's ever wants to sponsor me, these little notebooks are amazing. Um, I have a ton of these that I've started a story, I've plotted it out, but it just wasn't the time for that. Or it wasn't what I needed it to be. So I tossed it to the side and I got something else going. So I think it happens to everybody. At least I hope I'm not crazy. <laughs> it happened to me. So you're not well, crazy, it happened to me. Okay. Um, I think, you know, and that's part of the process though. But a lot of times those characters in or scenes, they make their way into something else down the line. So oh, yeah. it, it, it's oh, not yeah. in vain. It's not in vain. Oh yeah. And I'm like, and I'm and I had to think about it, like, why don't okay, this does this just throw this whole page all this away. This is not what I want. But don't throw it away, keep it because you might you might want to pull from it later. I just well, have, I, have I literally have a um I have a section of notebooks that are just stuff that I started. You know, really or, or things that I wanted, but then it didn't go well. And then down the line, it's like, oh, wait a minute, this sounds familiar. And you go pull it up and like, okay, got some framework, might throw some elements from that exercise into this. Okay, so that's that's a that's a see, you learn something new every day because I, yeah, I deleted the whole thing. It started all, all over from page or what? Yeah, I definitely have been there where I've just put, you know what, mm -mm. put that in another folder and pull up another draft, another yeah. uh, document. That's when I was writing in Word. I don't write in Word anymore, though. So, what do you use? I use Dabble. My first draft is in Dabble. And then really? from from Dabble, I export to Word because, of course, my editor, she edits in Word. So after the first draft is done and I've kind of combed through it, I export it into Word. But my first draft is in Dabble. So is that, because, is that, is that like is that like Word or something like that? Or is this kind of like um, a software that you use to write books? It is. It's, it's, a, it's an app and a software that you can use to write books. There's a free version. But I just paid for the paid version. It's like $12 a month. What I like about it, though, is it's um, so I have it on my computer, of course, but I also have the app on my phone. So if I'm in line 
at the bank or if I'm waiting on some child to get out of work or to get out of practice, then I can pull up my app and work on my work on my novel. And it syncs automatically. Yeah. So I've been at work at times, you know, you get, a, you know, your lunch break, you get 30 <clears> minutes, <throat> an hour, depending on what you do um, outside of authoring. And I've pulled up my um, my novel on my phone and just wrote for my lunch break. And then you go clean it up later. I need that in my life right now. <laughs> Dabble. Dabble.com. Um, we'll definitely go, check, we'll definitely go yeah. check that out. Yeah. Well, definitely go check that out. Yeah. And there are other programs. There's like Scrivener and a, a, you know a bunch of other programs. But Dabble was just really easy to do. And I'm here. I, you know, I'm here for easy. Look, I like easy too. <laughs> yeah. Then you, this is this is something for like for writers. I mean, you say in the tool, the tools that you, the tools that it has are, you know, it's, are they are they really are they really easy? Is it really user friendly? Oh my goodness, yes, it's very user friendly. You set up your mat. Um, I set up my manuscript. And then you can actually chunk out your chapters. They have a goals feature where you can say, okay, I want to finish this novel by this date. And it'll tell you how many words you need to write a day. Um, it'll keep count of all your words that you're writing. If you hit your goal for the day, the screen lights up and you have confetti and it says congratulations. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a, real, it's a real cool program. It's a I very cool program. Like that. Mm -hmm. Most definitely gonna look into that right there. Most definitely gonna look into that. So, what? So let's see. So what? So what does she now have going on right now? What? What are we? What are we? What are we looking at? What? Are, what are we looking at? Or what are we looking forward to as far as releases for her? Okay, so um, living a blessed life three just came out last week, last week on the eighth. Um, so um, we're definitely promoting that. Uh, there's the t-shirt brand Jesus Lit, and then also in the month of May, I have a new product that I'm launching. I'm launching a set of prayer journals, and so every week in May, a book will be released. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. cool, cool. So we're cool, doing. Um, so we'll have the t-shirts, we'll have prayer journals, and then of course the fiction will still keep coming. Like I said, I'm I'm working on Jade's story, which is resting in his word, resting on the word. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. Now, any any for any for any full length um, novels going coming yeah. out coming out for you? Definitely, resting on the word is the full length novel, um, and I will finish that before I finish living a blessed life four. So, because that's the short story. So I'm in the long gotcha. story right now, and then the prayer journals, which um, I just I like journals, so. I figured I figured I got a lick on how to do it and we'll be coming out with some <laughs> journals. <laughs> there you go. That's what's up. Yeah. I like that. But I I like how you paced yourself though. You know, big book, short, big book, short yes. story, big book, short story, big book, mm -hmm. journals, short story. I I like how you paced yourself. You, you and that's and I know and, and I know that's intentional. Yes, very intentional. Um the short story came out of just wanting to not do a whole novel, but not want to stop writing. So that's where the there short story kind of developed from. And then the um, the journals, while I was waiting for the characters to kind of completely download the whole story, I had an opportunity to sit through a class and was like, okay, wait a minute. I, I like this. I, 
I absolutely love journals. I have a thousand of them. So why not make some? And, and you there know, you sell them. What's up? I love yep. that. And then, and now you got the t-shirt business going on. I yes. Mean, yes. Wow. You gotta, you gotta diversify. You gotta diversify the many streams, many streams. So, so so do you let me so I, I gotta I gotta ask you because I because I really because I do want to buy t-shirts. You got you have any t-shirts available? I mean you yes, yes. Your website? definitely. Um the easiest way to get to the t-shirts is to go to my direct me link. So it's direct.me forward slash author Chanel. And then um when that pulls up, you'll see uh the newsletter, you'll see Jesus Lit, that's the merch brand. Um and you'll see social media. Everything is on that one link. It's kind of like a link tree. Uh, Direct.net? Yeah. Direct me. Direct me. Mm-hmm. No, direct.me forward oh, direct slash. Me. Yeah. Direct.me forward slash author Chanel. All one word. And Ooh, then um, when it pops up. The the shirt link is there. You get a free book if you buy a shirt. Oh, yeah. Okay, y'all book. heard that. Yeah, y'all heard that. Free ebook. Buy a shirt, get a free book. Free ebook with every purchase. Um, and an opportunity to join the newsletter, but you don't have to join the newsletter if you don't want to. But you still get the book without joining the newsletter. And um, you get your shirt. And I actually just added some collection. I added to the collection. Um, I have the Bella Lady tee, which is kind of a slim fit. Then I have the regular unisex tee and a unisex V-neck. Ooh, man. See, yeah. look at you. T-shirts, books, journals. Yeah. Look at here. I want to be I, like you when I grow up. <laughs> I just want to, you know, I want to be full time. I The goal is to make this my last year teaching public school and just diving in full time. So. I may, I, I'm also thinking about doing a clubhouse show, kind of like this. So I'll be tapping you for a guest appearance. <laughs> um, I'm yeah, ready. I, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm thinking about doing that as well, just to you know, just be to be immersed in it and to enjoy it. Life is so short, and I just really want to enjoy it to the full. It. Let me tell you. Yes, it is way too short to not enjoy it, and I enjoy this yes. thing. Yes, and you know, people. A lot of people are con- so concerned about what's going to happen tomorrow, dude. Tomorrow's not even promised to you, so why would you worry about that? How about you live present in the moment, present in the moment of today? Yes, yes, and I, I and um, you know, with with the thing, we're not saying its name. The thing, um, you know, I've experienced some loss. And um, in in experiencing that loss, you just realize that. You know, it's not it's it's not promised. It really isn't. And so you want to do everything you can to live your purpose and to, you know, live in peace. Not that it's always going to be joyful, but, you know, to live in some sort of peace, even with the trouble. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't. And the funny thing about it is now I don't look at. I don't look at things in the form of days and nights and hours and minutes. I look at things in moments. Oh, that's you beautiful. Know, the moment. Okay, so I have this one moment that I can spend with my girlfriend, and we can, and we can have a wonderful time, mm-hmm. and not be and not be enamored or encumbered by anything that's going on externally around us or internally with us. Yes, that's beautiful. You know, I, 
I can be present in the moment here mm-hmm. and enjoy a, enjoy a great conversation, you know, with a with a pro with a very prolific and profound author, and and and, and really just enjoy the moment in the end of yeah. the, enjoy that moment is too short for all that other stuff. I mean, I can't you can't worry about tomorrow. I mean, geez, if tomorrow comes, are you going to be able to do deal with what you dealt with yesterday? No. <laughs> that part <laughs> that part because yesterday's already gone you ain't gonna meet that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is it's crazy how people say well i'll get it done tomorrow well you got tonight to do it why not do it tonight it's yeah. you got time i mean it's 24 hours in a day yeah but and you know, and, and i think that's how um that's how i've learned to function I, there's a quote, and I, I, I forgive me, I don't know who said it, but I, um, and I forgot where I was when I heard it, but it says, putting things off for the next day that you're supposed to do today is like assuming that God is going to give you another day to do it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait a minute, hold on. Because I, I, yeah. I will procrastinate. Um, And so when I read the quote, it was like, whoa, wait a minute. That's you talking it. about me. Yeah, because, you know, it's the assumption that you get the next day to put to do it. You don't. And and how dare you? Because you don't know. So exactly. Having exactly. to take care of things um, when you have the opportunity, like seize the moment, carpe diem, seize the moment and enjoy the moment. To. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, gonna pose a couple of questions to you as we close everything out. So, the first okay. question I want to first question I want to pose to you, number one, um, do you so this see this this is a phrase that I've heard when I was when I first jumped into this thing, jumped into the literary thing, and I want to know if this this is a phrase that you that I that that you that that resonates with you as a writer. Mm-hmm. Your story is done when there's no more words to speak. So does that does that resonate you with you as a writer? Yes and no. Yes, in the sense that when it's complete, you need to stop. No, in the sense that the story can go on. There's always room to extend the story. So I've had to take that same advice and really um, hone in on the stop because I want to go on and on forever and ever and ever. And and, and if it's when when it gets to the resolution, that's when the words end. So I've learned to just let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Let it go. Exactly, exactly. So the other one is a, is a you know is a still is a statement, and I want to know if it resonates with you. We're only good. We're only good as the last thing we created. Ooh, I like that because the assumption is that every time you create something new, it's better. So, I would say yes because that was my best. So the next thing I create is the goal is to make it better. Than the last thing I did. I resonated with that too because they said you're only as good as your last thing. Well, that's true because well, what if the what if your what if your last what if the last thing you made was complete trash? Then what? <laughs> then, gotta get how better. Do, how, yeah, how do you how do you answer that? Yeah, gotta get better. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, 
get good, get good or get gone. <laughs> yes. Get but the last thing is something gone. that I always ask uh, guests who come here. And I always, we, you know, we're in this marathon of life, you know. Mm-hmm. Some of us are in one spot. Some of us are in one spot. Some of us are in another spot. Some of us are in different another spot. What I mean by these spots, I mean different stages. Mm-hmm. Beginning stages, like you're coming out the gate and you're you're getting your pace. The second stage is like the middle part of the race to where you're running strong and you're at a great pace. The last part, the last stage is the finish. Mm-hmm. You the finish line is well at hand. You're not slowing up. You're not slowing up your pace because you want to because you want to finish strong. Mm-hmm. In this particular marathon, now when it relates to books, your books, your publishing thing, your journals, um, your t-shirt business, your life is in your life in general. Mm-hmm. What part of this marathon are you on? Oh, I'm definitely in the middle. I, I and honestly, I don't want to get to the finish line. I want to keep going. Yeah. You know, I, I want to more books. I want there to be, you know, more apparel. I want there to be more journals, more projects. Um, and I, I, I like the middle. I like the run. I like the race. The race is important. The race is important. And it's not, it's not, it's not where you finish. It's just that you finish. Mm-hmm. A lot mm-hmm. of people are worried about first and second place and, you know, wanting to at least place. I'm like, I ain't looking. I'm not trying to be first. I'm not trying to get on a podium. I just want to finish. Yeah, that, that's the um the in the internal feeling of success outweighs yeah. you know the medals and the ribbons and the podiums and things like that. There's joy in just being a part. Um, I read I ran the Iron Girl quite some time ago, and of course I was nowhere near first, second, or third. Um, but I wasn't exactly. last, and I enjoyed the fact that I finished. Exactly. And the funny part about it is people don't look at it from that aspect of it. They mm-hmm. they want to they want to be on a podium. I don't care about it being on a podium. I just want to finish. Yeah. As long as I cross that finish line and at the at the end of the day, well at the well I won't even say at the end of the day. As long as I cross that finish line and at the end of this physical life that I have. Mm-hmm. If I can if I can, if I can go if I can go if I can go to God and Jesus and Jesus say and they tell me, "Well done, my good and faithful yeah. servant." That is that is my fit. That is my finish. That's it. Yep. That that is the end Definitely. goal. To that's the end goal to run to run in this particular race. I just want mm-hmm. to be able to finish that and be congratulated on running a good race. Yes, that is the goal. The well done. Exactly. I mean, no, you you're gonna run a bad race, but as long as you finish the race, you know, you mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand why people would want to be first, second, or third. You know, that, those are just places. And those are temporary spots too, you know, Um, you know, you're, you're good. Then someone else comes along, (laughs) you know, you get older and someone else younger comes along. So it's, it's a place and it's, it's an honor. Don't get me wrong. It's definitely an honor to be first, second, third, or be on the podium. Those are wonderful places to be, but there's so much joy in just being a part of something. Bigger than yourself, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I and I like that, and I and I think with that, that's for me. That is the kind of like the the 
the main purpose of it all to be a part of something that's way that's much bigger than me mm-hmm. because if I'm in something that's bigger than me, I'm probably going to be a, a small cog in that large in that very large engine. But I'm mm-hmm. just as important as the bigger cogs and the big yes. the bigger parts. Yes, definitely, definitely. So, I, so I like I like that. I really do. I'm a lot. And a lot of people that I ask about that, they're they are they they answer like either in the beginning or towards the middle, and mm-hmm. it really speaks to a lot of where everybody is, where a lot of a lot of people that I talk to are. You know, mm-hmm. they don't they're running in and they don't want to stop running. They don't want to get to the end because they know if they get to the end, that's it. Yes. No, I, I definitely don't. I want to be able to run. Um, but with everything, you know, different seasons in life, I'm, I'm a teacher by trade and I'm, I'm at the end of that. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. I'm at the end of that. I'm finishing. Um, but as far as, you know, my, my writing career, I I'm definitely in the middle and, and love in the middle. Sometimes you gotta let. Sometimes you gotta love the middle to to, to appreciate the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's right. I mean, that's a I mean, even, 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 you, <laughs> you have to put that on a shirt, Fred. <laughs> sometimes you gotta love the middle to appreciate the end. To preach, oh, you, hey, you know what? Free, freely given. Go by all means. Go ahead. I I would I would not I would not mind at all. I would be honored if you. I would be honored if that was put on a shirt. <laughs> that's nice. I like that. You know what? I will. I'll most definitely send that to you. So if you have a so if you have a shirt idea, then boom, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> welcome. You welcome. So I'm gonna give you this particular opportunity to give you to give you gonna. I'm, I'm gonna allow you to give yourself the most the most shameless plug you can ever give yourself. I mean, I want you to let everybody know where who you are, where they can find you, uh, what you got going, what what's gonna be released soon, and also you know where they can find where they can find your t-shirt line and. Everything that's going on with Chanel. So you have the floor. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> um, if you are looking for some Christian fiction, some African-American Christian fiction, some drama, but you want to make sure that you are spiritually sound as well, you want to be entertained and edified, definitely come holla at your girl. Um, I am the author, Chanel, uh, author of the no love like god's love series as well as the living the blessed lives series and a whole bunch of standalones in between um the easiest way or one of the many ways to find me is to either go on my website chanelinc.com or my direct me link direct.me forward slash author chanel and everything will pull up there in either site. You will find the t-shirts, uh, Jesus Lit is the brand. Um, you will find the books, you will find blog posts and soon to come in the month of May, you will also find journals as we will release the Grace Collection. Ooh, the Grace Collection, my goodness. Yes. Looking, for, looking forward to all, looking forward to that, man. Looking very forward to that. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and countrymen, hey, look, if y'all, if y'all didn't, if y'all, if y'all don't know who this lady is now, you, I'm gonna have to let you guys know, you better know who she is now. Oh. You know, this lady right here is a, a very talented and prolific author. She's, you know, she's now, now, author, now publisher, now been now, you know, entrepreneur with her own, with her, with her own t shirt line. And then she's got journals coming out, y'all. Come on, man. I need, I need, I need y'all. I need y'all to tap in. I really do need y'all to tap in. Check her out on her website um, at chanelinc.com. Also, mm-hmm. go to her direct me page as well. Um, 
that's that is where that is where her shirts Jesus lit is, and mm-hmm. that's where you can find those shirts. And oh, like she said earlier, buy a shirt, you get it for you get a free book. Buy a shirt, so, and it so comes you, with a free you book. Can't beat that. You can't beat that deal, y'all. But you get get a shirt, get a t shirt, get a free book with it. Come on, mm-hmm. can't beat that. Cannot beat that. And then she's got this. She's got some good. She got some stuff coming out, man. Make sure you guys tap in for that. And oh my god, Definitely. I'm first of all, I'm 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 looking forward to you know, you know. Now is book four going to be the conclusion of the Living the Blessed Lie series? Yes, book four is the conclusion of the Living the Blessed Lie series. I'm looking for that. That's what I kind of call it when I um when I'm at shows and stuff. I call it the lunch break read because if you have about an hour, maybe an hour and ten minutes, you can get through the book. Um, it's a it's a true short story. So um, book four will be out mm, probably by like the fall. I got a couple of things brewing, so probably like the fall, end of summer, beginning of fall, possibly. Cool, cool. So we're most definitely, most definitely, we're gonna keep our eyes and ears out for that one. Cause yes. look, y'all, this this lady right here. When I tell you, when we met and we had our we had our conversations um, during during that event, and mm-hmm. that was fun. She was, it was it was it was a fun event, and it was she she was so very encouraging to me because as I noticed, and this is just this is a this is a true story from this is a true story, and I and this is something I never I never really truly thanked you for. The encouragement that you gave to me but i want to personally thank you now and so i just want to say you know during that event you know i noticed that everybody else everybody was gravitating towards everybody else but me and i'm like the lone guy the, the guy that's you know the the culture in the petri dish and that's how i was feeling you know i feel like okay well maybe maybe i wrote these they wrote this for the wrong reasons and things of that nature you know when you came over and you and you said said so said those encouraging words to me, that made that made all the difference in the world. Aww. And I want to say, and I want I want to I want to personally say thank you. I never got the chance to say that to you because everybody was in a rush to leave, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was a long. Everybody event. was so much in a rush to leave <laughs> and go, and I never really got the chance to tell you thank you. Aww. And so I want I want to personally say thank you for those encouraging words because it meant a limit a lot for me and it also was the drive the driving force for me to continue to for me to continue writing oh Fred, that's so sweet well you're most welcome and i, and I want to take the time to thank you for always supporting always liking and sharing and uh, you know sharing your platform and allowing me to speak to your audience that that means the world to me so thank you as well look anytime you want to come around you hey doors open I appreciate you know, it. Come on in. You know, it's and it's the and it's these moments right now, you know, as we conclude. I mean, it's these moments, and I just want to just throw this out here, you know, kind of a little off topic, but I just but it's on my it's on my heart and on my spirit to say, you know, it's moments like these that we have to be very cognizant of mm-hmm. the people that we share our worlds with, you know, our inner our 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 innermost worlds with, mm-hmm. you know, it's important to surround people, surround yourself with people that will support you, mm-hmm. uh, irrespective of whether it's whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. And it's important to be surrounded by you know the right the right people. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we surround ourselves with the wrong people, and 
a lot of things that we endeavor to do turn out to be either ha- either half asked or just not done mm-hmm. properly. Mm-hmm. The right people and the right support system will always hold you accountable to the things that you do. Definitely. Definitely. They will always say, hey, get up, dust off. Let's come on. Yeah. Let's do this. Don't, don't, yeah. don't give up now. The right people will always say, look, I know it looks ugly. I know it looks bad, but trust and believe in your talents and trust and believe in your abilities. Mm-hmm. The right people will always tell you the truth. They yes. won't give you a song and dance. They won't lie. They won't sit up there and be like, well, hey, you know, you're doing a great job. No, you, the right, the right people will say, look, sis, bruh, mm-hmm. um, uh-uh. Yeah, and and they'll That's do it in love too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. They won't tell. They won't tell you. They they'll they'll be constructive. They'll they'll give constructive criticism, but that constructive criticism will be out of love and respect mm-hmm. and deference for you as mm-hmm. an individual, and not because they just they just want to criticize. They want they just want to have something to say to you or criticize you for no reason. Mm-hmm. The right people will always say, "Well, when they always criticize you, it's going to be." It's going to be out of love, but it's also going to be pointing out what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, and also what you're doing correctly. You yes. know, the right person, the right people will will correct you. Yes. And we as, you know, we as entrepreneurs and authors and musicians and leaders, in whatever respective thing that you're a leader in, we have to be, we have to be in tune and be able to be corrected. A lot yes. of us don't want a lot of us don't want correction. A lot of us want correction, but we don't want to be corrected. And mm-hmm. that's not mm-hmm. for me. When you look at it in that aspect, that's not good. No, you got to be coachable. You've got yeah. to be coachable. You can't say put me in the game, coach, and you and you ain't and you ain't looked at the game plan. Yes. You ain't been to no practices, but here you go. Yep. <laughs> but, but you want but you want to be what you want to be put what you want to be put in the game at crunch time and mm-hmm. you have you have no idea of what's going on and you mm-hmm. don't even know the situation yeah gotta be the crunch. right so the right people will do that you know and, mm-hmm. and again it's just and that's just it was kind of a off off topic blur but you know it's but it's all but it also to for you because i mean i i was i was just really really at a low point that at that day because i got no sales and all that stuff and then you know just the way I was thinking, and you know, the the minute you said those encouraging words, it all it literally automatically lifted my spirits, and there, and that was the reason why I continued to keep writing. That's amazing! Wow, well, praise and God! Her, That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that with welcome. me. And those are the type of people that you want to keep close to you. Yes, you know, people that will always be in the back, be in the background, you know, rooting for you. I mean, just. Regardless of what you know, and I and the funny thing about it is, I do this for a lot for everybody that comes on this platform. You know, you know, I share, I share what I, you know, I like and share what they're doing. If mm-hmm. if it's something that I feel that's really relevant that I can really just push out there, I will push it out there as much as mm-hmm. I can. Um, mm-hmm. I know she's she's written so many short stories and so many books. I mean, I try that literally. I literally can't keep pace right now. <laughs> I literally can't keep pace right now. <laughs> That's why. That's the other reason why she's here on the show. Because I want to make sure. I want to make sure that I'm in the like. What, what book are you right now? Which Which one can I share? What, can I share them all? Can I share something coming up? What? So yes. You, you've written so much stuff that I literally, literally can't keep pace. And I'm like, 
what she got going on right now? Is this the right thing to share with me? And that's what it's, all, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> and that you know, it's you want to be able to have those people close to you. And, and again, mm-hmm, I definitely. appreciate you so much from the bottom of my heart for just number one, just being you know a a, a, a number one, a sister of the pin, no, most definitely a sister of the pin. But then also a sister in, in you know in the body of Christ. I mean that's mm-hmm. that's even that's even more important. Yes, definitely. And then just you know just being a sister to me, period. And mm-hmm. that's for me that is the most important thing. The three most important things that I can most definitely take away from our interactions and our mm-hmm. interaction, and especially the interaction that your the one interaction that kind of really just said, "Look, don't give up. Just keep going forward." And Definitely. And then to see Definitely. you, you know, progress and evolve and and just and grow. What can I say? I'm most, to God be the glory. That's all we indeed, can say. To indeed, God be the glory. Indeed, <laughs> but but as a but as a brother, as a brother, and you know, as a black man talking to a black woman, you know, mm-hmm. I can say with all honesty that I'm proud of you. Thank you. You know, and, and I can most definitely say I'm proud of you and I'm gonna, most definitely going to encourage you to keep going. That's the other thing that is so rare, but in missing, especially amongst us, man, we, we don't say mm-hmm. that we're proud of each other. We don't say that we don't congratulate each other. We don't do any of that. And for me, if somebody's progressing and they're growing and they're they're evolving. Hey, sis, I'm proud of you. Hey, bro, yeah. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I um I like to tell the story when my husband proposed to me, I the first person I told was another um sister at the church cuz he proposed to me at church. Um and I went and I told her and she was cuz I was just like, "Oh my god. He just asked me to marry him." And I said, "Yes." And she was so genuinely happy for me and excited with me. And I was almost taken aback, like, wow, you're just as happy as I am. And she said, definitely. The Bible says when people are going through, you cry with them when they're they're going through, but you also rejoice when they rejoice and you rejoice for them. Because if God can do it for you, he can definitely do it for me when it's my time. Might not be my time right now, but when it's my time. He can definitely do it. So you're supposed to rejoice when um, other people rejoice. And I and I do. I've noticed that as well. It's not a trend in our community to support and congratulate others. But I try to do it as much as I can because that's so important. Your words that you spoke to me, I mean, I feel like I could just write all night tonight because you said I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like oh, I'm going to write some more tonight. <laughs> Oh man, look at it. Go ahead. I mean, and like, and like, and that. I mean, I'm definitely gonna be uh, digging, digging. I'm definitely gonna be in the in the pen, in the pen, in, in the book, in the notebook, in the pen tonight. I mean, because that's yeah. just yeah, so many ideas I want to just throw down right now. So, but I'm but first and foremost, I want to just you know, number one, I want to thank you for taking the time out of uh, a Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, probably a very probably a busy Friday, probably a very hectic Friday. You know. I know I, I know how I know how Fridays I know how certain Fridays are in Tampa. So yeah. <laughs> so taking the time out of a Friday to you know sit down and have a, and have a few words with me and talk and just talk about you as a writer and also just have a a, a wonderful conversation. So I thank you wonderful for that. Conversation. that. That doesn't go. Um, that doesn't go over my head. 
Mm -hmm. I'm very cognizant of the fact of the people that I bring here, but also cognizant of the fact of the conversations that we have. And I'm also very appreciative of the time that they take out of a busy day to do Mm -hmm. this because literally you could have been doing something else, but you're here. And I appreciate that. And tell your husband, I, I tell your husband that I really appreciate him, you know, being able to, you know, have, you know, give you up for give you up for a little bit just just so we can talk awesome i definitely will <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen boys and girls you know this will conclude this particular episode of the office alley once again with my prolific and beautiful and most definitely a sister most definitely a sister of the pen but also a sister in christ Amen. um my friend she nails you can she nail author she nails she can you can find her look go to she inc.com Mm-hmm. Go to direct, go to direct.me forward slash she, um, author she now go find her there. Check her out on a various social media platform. She's got so she's got a lot of things going on right now, a lot of books that are going to be releasing real soon. So, most definitely keep your eyes and your ears out for those, and most definitely continue, and most definitely continue to follow us on our yeah. social media platforms, where no mm-hmm. matter where, whether it's Instagram, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Facebook, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's um. Twitter, wherever, wherever we are on social media, just follow us there, man. And just continue to continue to support us by, you know, liking, liking this particular show, sharing this particular show with your circle of influence. Also, you know, the audio episode for this particular show will be available um, this week. So make sure you make sure you to tap in, tap into us on Spotify, Google, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Castor FM, go wherever you get your podcast from. Go check us out there as well. And also check out this great interview from a great person, um, a great person, a great human being, but also a someone that I can, that I will, I truly consider um, a sister, yes. not only of the pen, but also of Christ. Amen. So Definitely. I want you guys, I want you guys to continue to be, you know, I want you guys to continue to follow us, follow her. And, oh, I forgot. So make sure you guys continue to tune into us on Mondays and Thursdays mm-hmm. with Quint Jones and Coco Fenton with My Life Has Destiny. Um, they they are they are coming out with some really really great subjects, great great subject matter, some great um, content. Um, make sure you guys keep your eyes and your ears on for that. Um, these these ladies are actually are really on fire right now, and I am loving I am loving it. I've been tuning in. I've been loving it. Um, also check out the Takeover with Bobby. Um, this lady right here. All I can say is that for her to be as for her to go through a lot of a lot of things, but for also for her also to be to allow herself to be vulnerable and talk about those things at length, but also talk about other situations. I truly commend her on her vulnerability and her availability to be to do that. Um, she she is she's had some marvelous shows. Um, the last show is was uh was was oh my god so make sure you guys tune into those guys and then also me um the office alley the office alley is always is always on fridays at 8 8 p.m central i'm not central 8 p.m eastern standard time um here right here on trailblazer radio and also coming up next week next friday next friday i got my i got my I, i have my friends my friends, my oh my god, 
I've been wanting to have I've been looking to have these guys on for a while, and I am so happy to have them on. Um, the visionaries behind Television Productions, Traz and Tamika Tiller. We're gonna have a great conversation about them, about their about their production company, what they got going on, and what they can and what their fans and their followers can expect from them. But in order to see that episode, you guys have to tune in. So I want you guys to tune in with us. Tune in, kick back and vibe out with it. As I always say, um, Trailblazers Radio, Blazing Trail, where no one else will tread. So on that, that's going to end this episode of The Office Alley with me, your host, Frederick Beattie, and also my, be- my beautiful guest, Miss Chanel. Um, as I always like to say, the three things I always like to say to everybody when we conclude episodes, man, first of all, take care of each other. Number two, love on each other. Number three, it is a crazy, crazy, tumultuous, and hectic world out here. So above all things, above all things, please, 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 please be safe and be sound. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Follow us on social media, and you guys have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Now, gonna take you guys home with a commercial. This is going to be who one who one of our who one of the sponsors is, and that's gonna be up with the Negro. So you guys check this out. Check this out. You guys have a great night, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye bye. We're living in a different time. Isn't that what the old folks say? Well, I beg to differ. Because there really is nothing new under the sun. We used to think that this generation was stronger than that of my parents. But after learning where and whom we come from, I realized that this was a false narrative. They fought, bled, and died for the liberties that we take advantage of today. So I changed my mind. We are our grandparents. We are our parents. This is where the idea for uppity Negro apparel and accessories comes from. We are the uppity Negroes that defy boundaries, broke chains, climb mountains, and cross valleys of hatred, bigotry, illiteracy, and oppression. The statement is simple. The cause is never ending. The sound loud. Say it with me, Kendrick. I am that uppity Negro.